Good morning, everybody. This is Anthony Gross. Welcome to the Sales Lab. I'm your host for today's class, creating your 2020 playbook featuring Mike Lyon. For those of you who don't know Mike, Mike is the founder of Do You Convert and best-selling author of Browsers to Buyers. I've known Mike for, we were talking earlier, about 10 years, and I consider him yes. really the leading resource for online lead gen and lead conversion for home builders. He is truly an expert in this field. So I'm excited to have him on today. So during our broadcast, actually Mike's going to talk or going to outline for us some solid tools and frameworks we can use to delight your customers. Now, today's customers are really distracted. They're uber distracted. They're digitally right. caffeinated, overly educated, and growing more skeptical by the minute. But we love them. And so how do we deal with these people? So as we wrap up this year and we start to plan for next year, how do we ensure we have the tools and the knowledge to really to grow our business? That's why I've asked Mike to join us today to answer these questions. So with that, I'd like to welcome Mike to the program. Mike, welcome to the Sales Lab. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Always excited to get on these training sessions with you, Anthony. Thanks for putting them on for the industry. That's fantastic. We love the opportunity so excited to get going today and excited to see all of you i see some names that i recognize that is so great and some ones that i don't so please do this is a webinar that um is interactive i don't know if you guys have been on training sessions that you know are just kind of boring and they're not very fun and you feel like you're just listening to someone i want to hear from you so use those questions use that chat feature and we're going to take the end of this session to answer the questions that are coming at us. So you lob anything our direction, we are happy to answer those. That's one of my favorite things, doing the Q&A at the end. So we wanna make sure it's interactive for you. Like Anthony said, my name is Mike Lyon. I'm with Do You Convert, and we work primarily with builders to implement and improve online sales and marketing programs. So our goal is to generate more leads and convert more of those leads into appointments and sales. And through that, We've learned some things that I want to share with you today, things I'm super passionate about and what's happening in the market, what's adjusting and what's going on. We're going to talk through all of those things. The first thing I want you to think about and question I have for you is I want you to think about how much time a customer will spend with a sales executive in a model home. Anybody chat that out? I think I can see the chats coming through. So chat out the average time that a customer would spend with a sales executive in the model home. I want to see what you guys can send out here. When we ask this question to people across the country, we get an average time frame of 47 minutes. That's not real math. That's bad science. Um, but it's really about an hour or less that they're going to spend with you as they're going through this process. Now, more interested buyers and people going through the sales process might spend a little bit more. But when you think about that, it's interesting to pay close attention to the flip side, which is how long do you think that they spend online, hunched over their iPhone, hunched over their laptop, researching, re-researching, looking at homes. The answer to that question, what the data tells us, is it's 10 times the amount that they'll spend face-to-face -face with a sales specialist. And so, with that knowledge in mind and understanding what the consumers are actually doing out there, we've got to pay attention to some new realities that are that are happening with our consumers, some new realities that we're, we're looking at today. And so I want to go, go through some of these with you guys and lay the foundation for you real quick. So 
reality check number one, right? The sales process is starting before they ever walk into the door, right? Would you guys all agree with that? I'd hope you would, right? They are researching, gathering information, and sometimes they're qualifying and getting more excited about you or they're getting less excited about you or disqualifying you based on the information that they see out there. Now, before we go any further, Anthony, I just want to talk about this stock art here. I always love good stock art. What do you think she's saying to her husband? Hey, she's like, hey, honey, if you don't find me a new home right now, I'm leaving you, right? Something like that. She's actually physically guiding his hand to help him navigate online. I think that's pretty normal. That's how my search process works. What about you, Anthony? My wife doesn't smile when we have this conversation. <laughs> that's awesome. I would like to get stock art of you. So reality check number one. Here's what's happening. The sales process is starting before they ever walk in the door. Reality check number two, um, the rules have changed. The rules have changed. New communication, new preferences, that means sales specialists have to make sure their processes change and adjust along with it, right? So because our consumers are behaving in a different way, engaging in a different way, sales process has to change. So reality check number two. Reality check number three, and the final one, and Anthony was talking about this before, our customers are hyper-connected, digitally caffeinated, and uber, uber distracted. We have to put up signs on the road to tell people to watch out for people on their phones. We have to put billboards out there that look like this. You guys seen these? Probably not. We're probably on our phones. We're not paying attention to the billboard. You got to stop texting or you might die. That's how connected we are to this thing. The pull is extremely, extremely strong, right? So we've got customers who getting their attention today is harder than it's ever been. It's harder than it's ever been. So those are the three realities that we're up against. The good news is there are some things that you can do to make sure you are cutting through all that clutter and doing everything you possibly can to build that follow-up playbook for 2020 that matches the consumer expectations. All right, so as we go through this, anytime you chat out questions, if there's anything you want me to answer, I'm happy to do that. Uh, we'll make sure Anthony's watching that and monitoring that, but we're gonna keep chugging along here. So here's one thing I want you guys to all take away. Everybody, I know I can't see your eyeballs, but I can tell you're looking, right? I have a secret tool that tells me if you're looking at the screen. Look up here, let me see you. Here's the big one I want you guys to write down. This is a shift in a perspective. Follow-up is about familiarity, right? Follow-up is all about familiarity. So no matter what you're doing, some of the guiding principles that we establish is don't worry about making the sale, sending some kind of super-duper magical email that's going to have them uh, just you know, drive back out and sign the contract or say, send me the e-sign document or get on the phone and say, oh my gosh, I can't, this is fantastic. It's not about that. What follow-up is all about is building familiarity both before and after you meet with them. It doesn't matter if it's an online lead. It doesn't matter if it's someone who's coming to your model home. The goal of follow-up is about building familiarity. And I want you guys to kind of nerd out with me for just a second, okay? because I'm gonna go sciency a little bit on you and, and talk about the brain and why this is so important. So this is your customer, right? Your customer has a brain and, and, and parts of our brain are made up the thinking brain right up here and the feeling brain right down there. The feeling brain, that lizard brain, that, that brain that's been around forever. Something happens every time we meet a new person.
and it looks a little bit like this. We go, I don't know who this new person is. Oh my gosh, I'm a little bit afraid. I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know what they're like. I don't know if they're gonna like me. And customers do that when they're hearing from sales specialists. We have our guard up, right? We have our guard up. And so what we have to do in follow-up is build that familiarity so we can reduce the threat level. We gotta reduce the threat level. Because customers are saying, ah, I'm just looking, I'm, I don't want any more information. Uh, I'm afraid of you, right? And they go through this process. Our job is to stay in front of them multiple ways, multiple different styles to build up that familiarity. When the threat is reduced, then we can start getting to work, right? We can start actually doing our job and we can do it instead of trying to sell to someone or work with someone when they're afraid, they're not gonna be afraid of us anymore because they're familiar with us because we've been reaching out to them in multiple different ways. So the first thing I want you guys to understand is follow-up is about familiarity. If they feel familiar, we can, we can get past a lot of the things that you face when you're just interacting with a customer for the first time. So don't get too crazy overthinking your follow-up. I want you to really focus on simplifying this and creating a framework for 2020 that is replicatable and duplicatable. And that's when we talk about a framework. What you see up here, this is something that we can build and apply to any type of lead that we're working with. So here it is. I wanna give this to you guys. Get your pens out, everybody got your pens. This is my Apple, oh, where's my other real pen? Here's a, this is my Apple notebook pen, right? My iPad. This is my pen for paper. Either way, you guys grab your utensil. Let's make sure we're ready to go. Here's your framework. Let's rock and roll. This is how you wanna make sure we're laying everything over in our follow-up process. It, it looks like this. You've gotta follow up with speed. You've gotta focus on the correct frequency. You've gotta look at a variety of communication and you have to be persistent in your follow-up with your customer, right? If you layer this across everything, you're gonna win 99% of the time, right? And I wanna show you guys how to get into that top 1% because what we know about our, our builders out there that we've seen and we've shopped and we've worked with is they're, they're not gonna hit all these consistently. So you guys have to really layer this on your follow-up process, speed, frequency, variety, and persistent. Let's start first with speed. I don't know about you guys, but we expect things very quick now, don't we? I mean, here's, Here's the interesting thing to think about. There are whole companies being built, going public, based on customer convenience and speed. DoorDash, right? My wife, she jokes about this. Oh my gosh, I love DoorDash. Amazon Prime. Guys, Amazon Prime will deliver your groceries in two hours. It's amazing. You can go on, shop, get it all done. Whole Foods is going to drop them off at your front door. Ring the doorbell on your Nest doorbell and you'll see a little picture of them and you know you've got groceries. It's a magical thing. This is what our customers have grown to expect and love. So we can go on Amazon, order our groceries and get them delivered in two hours, but we go on a website for a builder, we fill out a form and say that we're interested in a community and we wanna come out and take a look and we have some questions and we can't get a response for two days, right? We have to focus on speed, that speed to lead that speed to lead is one of your crucial conversion factors. And what I would tell you after you know, 10 years of working with builders all across the country, the data supports everything that we're talking about. If you can follow up with your customer quicker than your competition, 
you are more likely to convert that customer. That's where customers, and that's who they want to talk with, the people who are going to be fast. Now, I could give you a lot of different statistics. You know, the first you know, builder who's going to reach out is 238% more likely to convert that customer. If you can follow up with the lead in one minute or less, you're 391% more likely to convert that customer. There's so many different stats that we can give you, but I really want you to focus on this one stat, okay? So get your pens out, get your iPad out, get your notebook out. If you follow up within five minutes versus 30 minutes, you're 100 times more likely to connect with a prospect. Five minutes versus 30 minutes, you're 100 times more likely to connect with that prospect. And so that's why as you look at your follow-up playbook, the first thing you wanna do is be fast. And, and what we saw is that only 25% of the people that we secret shop received an email in the first 15 minutes. So less than one fourth of the builders that we went out and shopped, and we do this survey every year, responded within 15 minutes. So we've got a huge, huge opportunity in our industry and a great way for you to set yourself apart from the competition. So you've gotta be fast. Now, whether it's a new lead coming in, whether it is a phone call ringing, right? Which that means answer, best thing you can do is answer, or you've got a customer that you've worked with that is leaving your model home, you wanna make sure that first response, that first initial outreach is within five minutes or less. So one of the best things you can do from a conversion factor is to focus on that speed. Anthony, you jump in. If you have any questions or comments, you jump in anytime. I'm just gonna keep going unless you stop me. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, so next up, frequency. So people go, great, Mike, we'll be fast. We're gonna be faster than everybody else. I win, this is great. And I say, no, now we, we've seen that customers don't always respond on that first interaction. We've seen that customers don't always get back to you in that first email. So inevitably the next question is, well, Mike, what's my follow-up need to look like? Like I get all these conflicting messages. I need to call them multiple times. What, what, what happens? How many times over the first month? Do I just talk to them once a week? What is it? And so what I wanna give you today is our frequency, our pattern, that has worked in almost every situation, right? In almost every situation, the timing is crucial and there is a science to the timing. So I wanna show you what this follow-up framework looks like and what this frequency um, that you can set for your outreach, okay? Here it is on the screen. You guys are gonna see, if it's a web lead, you wanna make sure an auto response is going out there now. Everybody goes, hey, that's great, that's my, that's my first uh, response. No, customers know the difference between autoresponder and personal outreach. You've got to make sure that in that first couple of contacts, it is highly, highly personalized. You'll hear more about that in a second, right? But you want to make sure that you've got your autoresponse going out from a website, and this can also apply to your on-site sales as well with a little bit of adjustment. Um, but in the first five minutes, we're calling or texting that customer right? In the first five minutes, we're sending our personalized email. Now everybody goes, are we, if we have a phone and we have an email, do we do both? Or can I just email them? Is that enough? What you always want to do is layer that over. And so here's how we've seen this work. Um, usually it's best to call them first because if you can get them on the phone, you can skip that email and you can go right down the path and start working with them. So we always want to try and get them on the phone. Some people will leave a voicemail and then depending on the lead type that you have, they might even text them and say, hey, I just wanna let you know, this is my direct contact information. I uh, just left you a voicemail as well, okay? 
and then you can follow up with that personalized email. This is where you want to slow down. This is where you want to pay close attention to the questions that they're asking, where they're coming from. Is it your website? Is it a third party source? Is it something else? You want to pay close attention to that and personalize that first message that goes out. Okay. Mike, then you'll see. Yes, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, just had some questions in regards to the personalized email. Yeah. Um, how you said recognize recognize or acknowledge their questions, but how much detail do you go into on that first email? Well, here's here, that's a great question. Here it depends on the types of questions that you're getting. I always like to at least answer in detail one to two of their questions. If if they've got a lot, you don't have to answer everything because some people say I want to know what this price is going to be, what the dimensions of the lot are, how what what are the options of a third car garage, and this and that. And so you really want to pivot a little bit. You might answer a question or two and say, what I'd love to do is get on the phone with you and talk through some of these um, details with you as well. But you definitely want to personalize it enough to where they know you're paying attention, you get them interested, they see you as a, a knowledgeable person, someone who has all the expertise, and you want to move it to the next level. That's a really great question. Really great question, right? So you personalize that first e email that's going out and then you'll see day three, we send a video email. Day four, did you get my video? Day five, call or text. Day seven, email. Day 14, email. Day 21, that's a third call or text. And then day 30, email. Now, I want you guys just to look at the screen. You can see that first week we compress our follow-up. We compress our follow-up in that first week. You're gonna get a majority of your touch points in because that's when the customer is most interested. That's when the customer is gonna move forward. Now, the other thing I wanna tell you, everybody on this call, look up here. I wanna see you again. I wanna see your eyeballs. I can see out there. Um, you have full permission to improvise. This is not just the only thing you have to do. If you wanna call them again on day two, if it's a super great lead, go for it. If you wanna text them, go for it, right? But this process, works extremely well when you fall. And some people go, Mike, I think that's too much. And what I tell them all the time is, if you think it's too much, right, a customer will tell you, they'll reach out. They don't, they don't look at this. If we're pulling this person along, what we're doing is creating like this gravitational pull to you. We're not pushing, we're not selling, we're not, uh, we're saying, how can we help? That's the language that we're using in these messages. Customers love it and most customers will respond. And in fact, 40 to 50% will respond and many times that's kind of in the middle of this process where we start to see some of those responses coming in. Okay. So, Mike, yeah. on, those, on the video emails, how do, give me some feedback on a buyer's response to receiving video email. I and then also, just from my side, I see a lot of hesitancy from salespeople, both in my organization as well as, you know, the sales teams for using video. So yeah. can you give me some feedback on that? I will in just one second. We're gonna get into it. I wanna answer those questions and we'll go through, when we talk about variety, I'm gonna talk about video e email and show you some of those things and also what some of the sales executives are dealing with when they think about video email because that falls underneath the variety category, right? So we got speed, we got frequency, and then we want variety. Variety meaning not just the same old flavor of follow-up. The same old flavor of follow-up is just a bunch of emails going out, right? Emails, and here's the reality around it. Write this down. This stat is extremely important. Only one out of four sales emails are engaged with. Only one out of four. 
right? And so if we just go, I'm just emailing, I'm fine. I'm not gonna, I don't need to call. No one ever answers their phone. We're missing out. We've gotta have a variety of communication, a variety of communication. Here's the variety of communication, write this down. Obviously personalized emails, phone calls, phone calls underneath that, voicemails, text messages, video emails, right? That's your variety of communication that you've got to layer together and work in conjunction so that a customer, these remember these uber distracted customer, customers need a different way to engage with people. And some people prefer to engage in different ways. And we're about building that familiarity. So you've got to have that variety. Video email is one of them. But I want to address this. How many of you guys have seen this popping up on your phone? This just came up the other day. Turn on call silencing. Right, what does it do? It says it, unknown callers now you can send directly to voicemail and on the iPhone it's gonna show up as a missed call in the voicemail. And so people go, oh my gosh, Mike, this is the end. This, I, that's what I was, I built my career on calling people. It's over, I'm never gonna call again. I'm only gonna text, what do we do? Is the phone dead? Here's the thing, this is what we've seen for the past three years. We only get live answers, three, maybe four out of 10 calls. So we're already at like a 30% answer rate. People haven't been answering their phones for a long time. However, one of the number one sources for setting appointments still is the phone because a customer will call back in. They'll get back to you, right? So here's what's happening with phone calls. They're going to voicemail, they're being transcribed in a lot of situations and sometimes people listen to them and sometimes they don't. You've gotta use those in conjunction with the emails that you're getting. You're calling attention to, hey, I just wanna let you know I sent you an email. This is who I am, right? I'm available by phone. You can, you can text me or you can check that email and get right back with me. We're just giving the customers the opportunities to engage with us. Just because this feature came out, the phone is still one of the best tools that we can use. So I wanna just encourage you in your variety, make sure you're leveraging the phone. Because the other thing that we know, if you look at your inbox right now, inboxes are out of control. Right, everybody grab their phone and tell me how many unread emails you have in your inbox right now. Here's the record holder. This was actually at the International Builder Show. I had to take a picture with him. He had 196,541 unread emails, 88 text messages. Oh my gosh, 109 missed calls slash voicemails and the McDonald's app. <laughs> this thing gave me uh, a, a mini heart attack somewhere out there. Marie Kondo is passing out, hyperventilating. She can't handle this. I took a picture with him. He is a real person. This is him, right? But what is our job when we've got all these emails in front of us? Our job is to have a real person popping up. Hey, it's me. Here I am, real person, popping up, right? Popping out of that inbox. And that's gonna happen when we leverage something like video email. So, Anthony, let me answer that question for you. This is an example of how a great online sales specialist uses video email. Um, I'm just gonna kind of lay out the framework for you real quick and then I'm gonna answer those questions. You can see, um, I can't play the video because it doesn't stream through the right way, but you'll get the idea. She's jumping on, she's sending a message. She has a whiteboard that she is uh, calling out the customer's name right there on that. You can see um, the information there below. Then you play it, it's about a 40 second video where she's talking through some of the questions that she had because she did not respond to the email. Here's another cool tool that you can use right this is called the big app there you go anthony that's for you okay you can write this down in two seconds on an app and hold this up on the screen you don't even have to have a whiteboard 
It's pretty cool. Okay. Thank you. The, the big app. You're welcome. Hey, and then this right here, this tool is, is, is video email is bomb bomb. That's the one that we prefer. We love to use. There's other ones out there. Um, you've got Vidyard Go. You can even use a version of Loom, but bomb bomb is one of the best executed follow-up tactics. And it's a phenomenal way for you to reach out to customers. Now what sales executives do, they get a little bit freaked with this stuff. No one likes to see themselves on video. No one likes to hear themselves. We are very, um, you know, critical when we see that. And so because we do a couple of these and it freaks us out and we don't like it or maybe we don't get a response, we throw it all away. Or what some people are doing is they'll just shoot one pre-recorded video that's a template and they use that over and over again. Here's a secret to success when you're using video email. This is one of the, the tools and the tactics that you have to implement in your 2020 follow-up playbook. There's no more ifs. This is a must because like we said, people aren't able to engage the same way. Voicemails are being transcribed. A lot of times we aren't even getting an email with our lead. So when we try and follow up with them, we can't call them, they can't hear a voice. This is a way to think of voicemails with your face. And there's just much more warmth and empathy that comes through in this tool, which helps us cut through the clutter and gets people to respond. But here's what you have to do. You have to personalize it. You have to say someone's name. Hi, Anthony, this is Mike with EYA. I wanted to reach out with you. Touch base, you had a great question about the community over there in Bethesda. That's what they need to hear. They need to hear their name, see their name, feel it because in the world of high tech and sales automation and sales technology, we have increased efficiency, but we've removed a lot of the connection. So you've got to leverage these tools for that personalization, the variety of, of, of communication, the calls, the texts, the personal outreaches. That's what we do. It's so easy today to just press a button and follow up happens for you, but customers know the difference. So as we think about what's happening in 2020 with all this AI chatbot, everything else that's going on, nothing's replacing the human connection. In fact, the value of the human connection has gone up exponentially. And here, I just wanna show you one more thing because people always go, oh, you pick the best you know, examples, just one good example. This is what her day looks. She spends 30, 45 minutes every single day going through and sending out these video emails every single day. And her numbers prove it and back it up. Her conversions are through the roof. So. I'm giving you one quick thing and then we'll move on to the persistence as it relates to this tool. If you want to do a great job uh, sending out video emails, set a good scene, have good lighting, have a good camera, get that set up. A lot of times that's where people don't do it because it looks bad. They're filming up their nose. It's harsh lighting. It doesn't look good. Their backdrop isn't great. You don't want, you want to set a good scene because when you look good and, and you feel good about the product that's going out, you'll send more of them. Rehearse before, don't read anything. Do it in one take and make sure you smile nice and big. Everybody loves a big smile. Look at the camera right up here, right? You can notice as I'm looking at the screen, looking at other places, if you're not focusing, you're looking down at yourself, it'll come through the customer. Overemphasize, you can also see that as I'm doing this here, moving my hands around, moving my body. I'm not frozen, I'm not scared, right? Take about 30 seconds to get the meat and potatoes out. You can go a little bit longer, but most people don't pay attention past 28 seconds and send more of them, send more of them. You'll become an internationally renowned video email superstar 
when you're using that program and following these tips for video. Anthony, questions on that or follow up to it? Did I answer everything that you had first? Why people were afraid? What's the hesitancy? Yeah, you answered you answered that. Um, I don't know if I if I picked up on how do customers respond to video email. What I'm asking is in terms of their response rate. Oh yes, absolutely. Rate. Yeah. So here's here's what's great. So a lot of times people go, well, what's what's happening with this? What is it? What does it mean? Uh, customers don't know what to do with this. They get it. They love it. They enjoy it. And you can even tell them, please respond to this or whatever. They may not reply right away to that video, but the next time you get an outreach or the next time the phone rings or whatever, they are more likely to engage with you and they love it. They think they're talking to somebody famous like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that video email. What this does again is builds that familiarity. Customers absolutely go bananas for this stuff because nobody gets them. Nobody gets video emails, nobody's sending them and nobody receives them. I still ask this questions to hundreds of people in the audience and only a handful will raise their hand that they've received a personalized video from someone that they've been talking with about a product or a service or anything like that. So customers go bananas. We've even seen some customers recently replying back with video emails saying, this is so cool, thank you so much. So it's definitely still a killer tool even though it's been around for eight years, right? It's been around for eight years, but nobody's using it. It's exciting. Nobody's calling at the rate that we like and nobody's sending video emails out. So that gives you a, a huge opportunity to differentiate yourself in a competitive and busy market. Okay, we're rounding out and then we're gonna take some questions here in just a minute. The final thing I wanna share with you as we look at it, we've got speed first, we've got frequency next. How much are we supposed to be following up? We've got variety of communication, right? We're leveraging the phone, we're leveraging email, uh, templates, we're, we're le leveraging email communication, we're leveraging video email, and we're texting our customers, right? Yes, one-to-one, -one, you can definitely text your customers. Sometimes that's a great way to reach out. You always wanna encourage them to text you. I always say don't rely on text as the first option, but you wanna make, because some people, they're not quite ready for it. We're, get, we're getting there, it's 50-50 right now, what people prefer. I try just, go old school with a phone call, send a quick email, then maybe you text after that, letting them know that you're reaching out. Um, but we've got that variety in place on our follow-up, right? And then the next thing we wanna do is be persistent, right? Persistence kills all the resistance. Oh, that rhymes, I like that, it's always fun. Persistence kills resistance. You wanna make sure you continue to follow up and, and what we have a lot of people ask is, okay, okay, after 30 days, Mike, then what do we do? Do we keep that process going? Do we have to follow up seven to nine times the next month? And the short answer is no. And the short answer is no. The long answer is we believe our personal philosophy and what we've seen work extremely well is a customer who has not taken action, who has not moved forward or who has not told you no, I'm not interested or I'm bought somewhere else, deserves an outreach from us every single month. And I want you guys to write this down. I can count on my competition giving up. The thing that should get you most excited about persistence, right? About staying in touch with your customers over the long period of time is the fact that your competition isn't gonna do it. They just won't do it. And we track this again, we do this survey every year and this year we did something a little bit different. We said, let's go see who's still following up six months later. And here's what we saw. In the sixth month, the month of February, we looked at all the data that was still coming in on the secret shop account. 
and we saw 154 marketing emails, only six human emails, right? People actually sending them. Only one phone call and two completely random text messages. One of them, someone had gone on to another real estate company and taken all his leads with them and was reaching out to them, asking them if they needed to buy or sell a home. And the other one was just acting like they just got the, the information that day and it was six months later, right? So you look at all this, when a customer has gone online, filled out a form, given them the contact information, and six months later, most builders are just relying on email marketing, right? Most builders are just relying on email marketing. As you develop your 2020 playbook for follow-up, you need to understand this. Write it down. This is an important one. You need to share this with the leaders. You need to share this with everybody in your organization. Email marketing is not follow-up, period, right? Follow-up is something that looks like you wrote it to an individual specifically for them. Now, that doesn't have to always be one by one by one by one, but it needs to look like an Outlook-style email that's going out to a customer, right? And that looks like follow-up. It does not look like email marketing. It follows some of the same principles. You can send it to five people. You could send it to 500 if you've got a segmented database, but you've got to continue to follow up. The other thing that we see, a huge, huge opportunity, is just continuing to pick up the phone and call your customers. Pick up the phone and call the prospects. Nobody calls in the first 30 days, and as you can see here from the stats, nobody calls six months later. Nobody calls six months later. So as you go through this and continue to follow up and you think about persistence as you're developing this, this framework applies to everything. By leveraging that phone, right, you're doing something different. By leveraging a quick text messages, text message, especially if the customer is already engaged with you, right? You can send a quick message. Hey, just wanted to make sure you're receiving these. Has your situations changed? Give me a quick update. Just want to make sure I'm following up with you the best way possible. A quick little text message like that, you'd be surprised what kind of response that you get, right? But we've got to leverage all of these as we continue to build up that persistence and we continue to reach out with the customers. And here's what I know happens, Anthony, okay? I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, again, use my telepathic powers. I'm, I'm reaching out there and I'm thinking about what you guys are all saying to me right now. You go, Mike, but, but when do I stop? I mean, how much is enough? When is too much? I, I'm just worried about this. I'm gonna, you know, customers are gonna be annoyed. They're gonna be frustrated. And here's what I'll tell you. In the history uh, of doing this and, and training on the topic and look at, I can ask sales managers, I can say, how many of you guys get phone calls from customers that are angry about too much follow-up? Anthony, any guesses on how many people raise their hand when I ask that question? Sales managers who get calls from customers who are annoyed about too much follow-up, what would you think? What's your guess? Zero to one. One is the average. Sometimes two. It's creeping up there a little bit later. We got we got two sometimes in an audience of 150, 200, 250 managers. We see that happening and, and they go, I, never happens. I've been doing this for 15 years. I don't get that call. What kind of call do you think they get, Anthony? What's the complaint call that most sales managers get as it relates to salespeople reaching out? 
maybe the type of follow-up they're doing i i don't know the close it's it's i'm trying to get a hold of somebody and they won't call me back they won't email me it's been forever it's taking too long those are the complaints that we get so when everybody goes mike i just don't want to i don't want to annoy someone i don't want it to be too much do not worry about it ever being too much because customers will tell you if the if the spirit of the outreach and the communication is customer centric and customer focused, it's never too much. It's never too much. And when it is, if we ever get that complaint, we told our sales managers, you got to give them the award at the next meeting. And it's a, it, it looks like this looks like a restraining order, like congratulations. You get the stalker star. We're so proud of you because we've never gotten a call like this ever in our life. And then they get to go out to dinner and you give them a gift card and everything's great and everything's wonderful because it just does not happen. So what I want to encourage you to do is think about long-term follow-up and prospecting and everything that you have to do with your customers and focus on this, this quote here. I love it from Craig Rochelle. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. As you think about your follow-up and you think about persistence, you have to do this all the time. You can't go in and do it when sales are down or when you know you're, you got a little bit of time. You have to be disciplined and every single day stay on top and stay in touch with that database and if it's organized if you've got a great tool that's what you want to use okay so we're going to wrap this up we're going to talk about creating your 2020 playbook what does it include speed frequency variety and persistence leveraging on each one of those tools that can help you with all of that right with the variety of the communication with the speed of the follow-up with making sure you're organized and the frequency you've got to have a crm that supports it you've got to have something giving you good data that you can Go out there and continue to follow up with customers over the long term. When you put this all together, guaranteed, 2020, you will be in the top 1%. We see it all the time. You will be in the top 1% of sales professionals who are reaching out to their customers when you follow this process. So, all right, we're shifting gears. We're going to go take the last 10, 15 minutes or so and do my favorite part, which is question and answers. So if you've got questions or you've heard something that came out here that you don't understand or you want to know more about or you've got someone in the role or you're thinking about implementing any of these things, this is your time to answer, ask those questions. So, Anthony, we'll let them use those questions. You'll be monitoring that and then um, we'll go from there. So any questions Absolutely. that I can answer, let's do it right now. Yeah, I have a couple that came in. You actually answered one uh, about when, when you, sh you know, should I stop following up? And I believe what you had said is unless they say go away or no, I don't want to buy the home, that we should reach out to them at least once a month. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think once a month is a great frequency. In fact, I believe once by email and once by phone or text, right? Well, you really want to do it. And some people get a little bit like, oh my, what am I supposed to do 12 months later? What's the message I should be sending? Don't forget, they're only looking at one out of four of these that you sent. <laughs> so don't freak out too much about the message. You just need to be the person still following up with that customer. And your job's not to motivate unmotivated people or convince someone to buy when they're not ready. Your job is to be the only person there when they're thinking about jumping back into the market or they just sold their home or they're putting their home back on the market. You're the only person still following up. You're going to win by default. So yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just writing down, be happy with one in four. Okay. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Which actually is great. So voicemails, I sometimes struggle uh, with voicemails, been in sales my whole life. Any suggestions for how we can make them more effective? 
Yes, that's a great question. Um, you know, again, it goes back to that whole philosophy. Well, the phone is dead. Nobody's listening to these anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Here's what we know. The, uh, the phone is, is your friend, right? You got to pick up this thing and say, you know, hey, I'm so sorry. It's been so long. You know, you and me, we're going to get we're going to get back together. Um, when you get a customer on the phone, you can do so much with a seven minute conversation. I mean, that's like seven emails back and forth versus talking to someone. So voicemails are important for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a different delivery method. Number two, even if they're listening and hearing your voice, that provides additional layers and empathy and connection point when they hear a voice. The next time they read your email, it's actually proven that they hear your voice over that email as they're reading text from you. So even if they're listening to this, that's huge. The, the other thing you got to keep in mind too is they're going to be transcribed. Some people still listen to them. Some people just read the transcri transcription. So you got to speak clearly and slowly and think about it almost like a text message. Hey, you know, at the end of it, you say, if you need anything at all, text me back at this number. I'm available, right? Or you can call me back. You don't even have to give your voicemail the number anymore. Like we used to say, repeat your number twice. Now it's all on caller ID. Everybody's got it. So a short to the point voicemail is still extremely powerful. But remember, it has to be in conjunction. It has to be in conjunction with something else that has happened, with an email that's been sent, with a video email that's gone out there. You've got to make sure you are you're putting those all together because that's what builds up that fall, you know, the familiarity with with the customer. So yeah, voicemails are an extremely powerful tool, right? Don't don't freak out. Voicemails are a good thing. Thanks, Mike. That's that's yeah. good advice. Okay, last question for today's program. You know, I've known you ten years. Yeah. And a lot's best, changed. Best, best 10 years of my life, knowing you. I just want to let you know that. All Thank sincere. you. <laughs> no, so so in the last 10 years, a lot has changed. Give right. me your feedback on sort of the biggest changes that's that has happened this past 10 years and maybe oh. where you think this is moving to, what, what the future looks like. I think that's a great question. It's interesting because we think about it a lot. I mean, it definitely has adjusted. Here's what it used to be like 10 years ago. If you had some kind of basic follow-up process in place, you had email templates that were going out the door and you called them once or twice, that's all you needed. You won, you know, no one else was doing it. People didn't have anybody managing leads. No one was really doing follow-up, right? Well, you fast forward five years ago and now everybody's got it and they're starting to get really um, sophisticated on how they reach out to customers. At the same time, customers level of inputs that they're getting on this stuff is just reached peak uh, notifications. It's insane, right? Then what we see is the shift. You know, customers aren't, don't need long written emails. They want short stuff that's concise and to the point. And even though they don't respond at the same level per se, like to all these emails that are going out, they are still getting the inputs. They're still getting this information and when we actually have someone who's emailing us back, filling out a form, picking up the phone, chatting back with us, texting us back, they're the most interested people that we have. So conversion rates are moving up. The thing that we've seen specifically from the online sales world is that more and more people are making that the first step of their journey. More and more people are making that the first step of the journey because they're busy, overwhelmed, and so they're reaching out first to see is this really what I need before they're taking the time 
to go out and visit in person or to move forward with someone. So if you don't have anybody in a role who's managing that or paying close attention to the leads or giving that feedback to customers or, or, or you know, really acting almost like the virtual frontline sales team concierge that's moved through this process, you're missing a huge segment of the audience. So there's been a huge shift in that. And what we're seeing going is that customers more want more on-demand things, right? So information quicker, good information quicker, access to information, and even you're starting to see some unattended access where they can just go and punch in a code and get into a house, and then the online sales team or somebody is following up with them, and it's like a one step above an, an internet lead, right, because they've actually seen it now. They don't have a lot of good information, but they've been into a model. So that's the future and where we see it going. Yes, there's opportunities for artificial intelligence to give us good data on our leads and help us streamline some of these things but at the end of the day this is a complex sell and a customer still enjoys and appreciates the human connection with an expert with an expert so it's all changing but a lot is still the same a lot is still the same and builders have a huge opportunity to provide the best customer experience possible if they're taking and paying close attention to these shifts and being disciplined and their approach and how they reach out to customers. Mike, thank you so much for being on our program today. I really, really enjoyed your content and I have two pages solid notes, speed, frequency, variety, and persistence. That's right. Uh, so much appreciate uh, your energy and your willingness to be on. Thank you to all of you who are online today. We hope you enjoyed the program. Uh, if you'd like to hear it again, follow us on our podcast, The Sales Lab. It's available everywhere. You can, you can follow us and listen there. And Mike, thank you again. Looking forward to uh, hearing you next year, as well as implementing many of these ideas, because these are applicable to everybody uh, in sales. So thank you so much. And Mike, don't forget to turn out the lights. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Anthony, for having me. You guys all have a fantastic day.